On the Healthy Human Revolution podcast, Dr. Lori Marbus interviews nutrition and lifestyle medicine experts and extraordinary guests whose informative and inspiring stories will empower you with the knowledge to transform your life and health. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Dr. Lori Marbus. And today I'm really excited to have a really unique opportunity to highlight the special work of someone, uh, Jason Sturf. How are you today? Doing very well. How are you doing? Very good, thank you. And you're the director of Casa Hogar. Can you tell us a little bit of what that is? Sure. Well, our our organization is called Casa Lar de Cabo San Lucas. We're a children's home. We're based here in Cabo San Lucas, Mexico, which is at the very bottom of the Baja Peninsula. If you took a taxi from San Diego and drove 18 hours, you would straight south, you would end up at our front door. And um, lately I've come up with a interesting new term, which is a great place for kids to live when they can't live at home. So most residents currently we've got 29 full-time residents between seven and 17 years old. Um, The vast majority of our residents are coming from situations where they do have a mom and or dad. And unfortunately just due to poor life decisions taken by the parents, it's just not a safe situation for them to continue living in their traditional home setting. So they have an opportunity directed to our home through local municipal and state authorities uh, to stay with us for a period of time. That period of time can be um, days, weeks, months, or many, many years. We never really know how long a child or teen is gonna stay with us uh, when they arrive. And with each new arrival, my outlook is to treat them as though they're going to be with us until 18 and, and potentially beyond. Um, because we do have a, a program for young adults as well. And whenever possible, when there's a family reintegration situation that comes up, when that's a, a, a healthy and desirable situation, then we really embrace that and celebrate that. And when there's not, we keep praying and believing and hoping that that will come to fruition soon for the benefit of the resident. Um, Although we can provide a much higher quality of living in in many senses or most senses um, here at our children's home, um, there's no way to replace mom and or dad. And, you know, we do our best to try because that's the right thing to do. We're we're mentors, um, in some ways, maybe uh, substitute parents. uh, but it's not the same. Uh, I, what percentage of kids go back to their homes? The, the vast majority go back to a family situation. That's not necessarily with their mom or dad. Sometimes mm-hmm. uh, it's with um, aunt and uncle or grandparents or sometimes an older sibling that is a legal um, adult. Here in Mexico, you become a legal adult at 18 years old. So every once in a while, there's older siblings that can... Um, acquire the custody of their younger brother or sister. Um, So the vast majority, but I don't have a specific percentage. No, no, that's okay. So then as far as you have mentioned, you have 29 residents currently. When did this all start? Like, what is the story and history of how Casa started, actually? It's a a, a very rich and beautiful um, history. And just this, 
just this afternoon, um, somebody reached out by email and they were inquiring about our background story with the desire of doing something very similar. And it's not, there's just a whole lot of variables that went into this. But long story short, the property where we operate, it's a large property. It was owned, my understanding, by two local Mexican families. They had a desire of opening a seniors facility. Um, this is in the 1980s. Um, they did not have success raising the necessary funds to open the facility, uh, which, which required uh, finishing the construction because of this, a shell of a building, an abandoned building at that time. Um, kind of outside of the suburbs of Cabo San Lucas. And in 1991, these two families approached a local Rotary Club here in Cabo San Lucas, and the Rotarians formed a board of directors um, with, for an, a civil association, which is Caso de Cabo San Lucas AC, Asociación Civil. Mm -hmm. They acquired the property as a, as a donation. So that was in 1991. They attempted to raise funds, and finally in 2007, a Rotarian from, from Nevada um, was on vacation here, and she attended the local Rotary Club meeting, heard a little bit of uh, news about the facility and about the project. She asked to tour the property, so she, she came to see it, and she said, next time I'm in town, my husband will come with me. I'd like my husband to see the facility as well. So um, that did happen. And my understanding is that during the tour, the vice president of the association and the husband of this individual, they were by themselves and he asked, um, so how much do you need to get this construction finished? And the individual responded, well, we think it's about $300,000. And um, Bob, the husband said, okay, I'll write you a check. So, <laughs> He, he, the gentleman that was giving the tour paused for a second. He went to collect everybody else. And he said to Bob, can you just repeat what you just said in front of everybody else? And he did. And he wrote, he wrote that check. And about a year later, he came to see the results of, the, of his investment. And he was very, very pleased. Um, he actually said, apparently, um, this isn't $300,000 of investment. And the guy was a little bit worried. He says, what do you mean by that? He says, no, this, is, this looks like more like a half a million dollars of investment. Um, so he was very pleased. And he said, how much do you need for the first year of operation? And the response was about $200,000. And he wrote a second check for $200,000. And that's the history of the completion of the original construction and the first year. Casa Out opened, opened its doors. Um, February 28th, 2008, for one resident. <laughs> and uh, I mean, there was a paramedic here, apparently, and all, all kinds of specialty roles, all for one resident. And I think a few weeks later, there were several others that residents, that boys that were transferred. At that time, it was an all boys home. Um, so yeah, we've been operating for 13 years. Uh, the first eight years, boys only. And then in August 2016, we received Susanna, beautiful 16-year-old Susanna. And all the boys were, uh, <laughs> about two weeks. And then afterwards, she became boogerhead Susanna. <laughs> I, almost like um, a transition into um, being, being the sister figure for mm -hmm. the... And with the success that we had with Susanna, 
that opened the door to several other female residents. And at different times, we've had more girls than boys. Uh, right now, it's 60% boys, 40% girls. Mm. And how does the documentary Blue Miracle fit in to that story? And as you come along, because it says it's based on a true story. It's, where is that? Because that's how I found you guys. I watched the documentary on Netflix, which I'd highly recommend everyone, by the way, is watching Blue Miracle and then making an, and a donation to help these guys keep their, their program going. But what, what was that exactly? How did that fit in? Well, um, it, it's not a documentary. It's, it's, it's a movie. movie. It is a movie, yes. <laughs> and I'll never watch a movie that says based on a true story the same way again, <laughs> because they are, there is significant creative, there were significant creative liberties taken by the production company. <laughs> you know, the 100% true story is an absolute miracle story, a beautiful story. Um, but that's, that's show business and Hollywood uh, knows how to add some sizzle and some spice. Mm. And uh, I think they did a great job. It's a beautiful family-friendly movie. It's about 90 minutes, um, no swearing, uh, just a great movie to watch with, with kids and edifying for the whole family. Um, I think in just overall with the situation globally, I think after a year and a half of people being locked in their homes watching Netflix, I think it was really good for them to be watching a positive feel-good story. And so it was great timing. Netflix came in at the very end, um, but um, the background story of Blue Miracle. In 2014, Cabo San Lucas um, suffered a, a massive hurricane called Odile. There was significant damage um, throughout the city. And the Bisbee's tournament, which is the most winningest fishing tournament globally held here every, every October was scheduled to begin less than a month after the tournament. And instead of pulling out, they decided to go through with the tournament to help prop up the local economy. And um, a group of individuals sponsored Casogar to enter the tournament. And an, and an important employee at the time, his name is Omar, he, um, he was, I don't know how he was selected, but he was the one that decided to be the fisherman or the main fisherman. And he had never caught a fish in his life. And that's my understanding. But he gave thanks to God. He said, you know, we're going to win. And um, he caught the biggest fish in the tournament. And Castle had won a check for $258,000 um, of October 2014. So a short time after that, there was interest in the potential of a book being written about this story. Mm. And that unfortunately it didn't go through and somebody knew someone who knew somebody who knew a guy um, and that guy was interested in the story and did some initial video work and interviews put some information together and um, that was the beginning of the Blue Miracle movie so mm -hmm. you get two, two, two amazing actors involved Dennis Quaid and Jimmy Gonzalez and it's been a huge hit the, the film came out on Netflix May 27th, and our website the next day had over 70,000 visits in one day. Wow, that's incredible. 
has it seen, sorry, has it continued to be positive results? Is that continued or is that weighing down? Any, how's that going now? Well, it, it certainly slowed down, but I mean, there's a whole, whole lot of people that I've never met that are contacting <laughs> us through our website and, and Facebook and Instagram. Awesome. And, you know, a, a lot of a lot of this feedback is simply, hey, I watched the movie. I really admire the work that you're doing. Um, keep up the good work. I feel inspired. I want to do something similar. Um, and it's 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 an international audience. And mm. I've never used Google Translate so often, so frequently, and, and like tons of feedback from Brazil, wow. um, Turkey, Algeria. Japan, uh, just all over the place, all over Europe. Uh, so it's really, really beautiful. And I'll tell you real quick, each year, I mean, our operation is completely funded by donations. And the main activity that we operate with to generate those funds to keep our doors open and, and take care of our kids and invest into the residents um, is a gala dinner and fundraiser, which we normally host in February. Mm -hmm. So we were able to host that February 2020, right before anyone had heard of COVID-19. Um, but 2021, we decided to cancel that event or postpone the event until further notice. And we really went into the year just a walk of faith, not knowing where these funds were going to come from. I prepared the budget in a conservative matter, ma manner as I always do each year. But I said, you know what? We're not gonna make um, any quality cutbacks. I'm just gonna believe that this is all gonna come together. And I, I personally wasn't expecting anything from this movie other than a whole bunch of media requests, which we've had. Mm -hmm. uh, lo and behold, we've, had, we've received donations from over 3,500 new donors wow. end of May. That's so, amazing. So now we're raising funds for 2022. Oh, that's incredible. It is a walk of faith and there, there you go. It's just a matter of believing your needs will be met when they need to be met. So um, Absolutely. As, as far as the program, so a child is entered, what, what do they expect? Is this just a place they sleep and eat? Is there other things that are going on? You have some really fun videos, you know, highlighting some of the kids and stuff on your website, but what exactly does, when you say you're raising money for programs besides food and shelter, what else can we expect um, kiddos to be helped with? Well, it's, you know, all the things that us as parents, what we do with our kids, uh, so it's, it's a completely holistic project. Um, you know, we're addressing um, all facets of the, the medical um, needs, including um, what I, I, I don't love the term of mental health, but um, trauma, trauma renegotiation, trauma discharge, nutrition, fitness, um, uh, ideal uh, weight indexes uh, <laughs> in the in any sort of uh, ongoing or long-term medical requirements in the past we've had residents with more challenging medical situations uh, and then anything that might come up but right now we've got a we've got one fractured arm 
<laughs> he was supposed to get that cast off two weeks ago, then then yesterday, and now it's going to be Monday. Oh so dear. Here for that boy to get back in action. Um, <laughs> yes. What's a child without a cast? <laughs> right. Lots of dental follow up. Um, mm -hmm. A significant work in the, required in, in the realm of dental hygiene. Um, yeah. it, for academics, almost all of our kids arrive to our home significantly behind academically. Um, the major obstacle is um, helping the child or the teen believe that they are capable of learning. Once we get past that obstacle, it's, it's smooth sailing. And that's done with baby steps. Um, Really, we've had a great calendar year. 2021 has been a great year for academics, although our kids are, have not gone back to school yet. They've been out of school since COVID started. Um, I was terrified about that. I thought it was going to be way too long for the kids to be at home and not have the opportunity to go to their public schools as, they're normally, as they would normally do, because there there's a change of environment. There's social interaction with other kids. It's just um, an a break a little bit from the reality of living with about 30 other kids. Mm. Um, but it's been so amazing. I think our kids have learned way more than they would have in the traditional school system. <laughs> We've made a lot of progress and, and we continue to work even during the summer vacation. And now like this, it's just, it's bizarre because we're doing an hour, and a, an hour or an hour and a half of tutoring per day and we're finishing and, and the kids are saying that they want more. They're literally asking oh, wow. academic work and tutoring. And we've kind of broke the code a little bit or cracked the code um, and just bring a lot of fun elements and connection and mentorship and relationship through these academic sessions. So, I mean, overall health, academics, social skills, um, I don't know, all, all over the place. We're, we're, we're big into sports. We're big into the arts. We have um, singing classes twice a week. Um, we do workshops that range from sewing classes to uh, working with cinder blocks um, to talks about sexuality and healthy and non-healthy relationships and all over the place. Um, so yeah, we're... we're <laughs> We're busy. No, it's a, no, it's a, it's a lot. I can't, I mean, it was a lot raising just three kids. I can't even imagine almost 30, even with the full staff. <laughs> can, can you imagine when it's uh, time, when it's pajama time? No, no, because nobody's ready to go to sleep when it's time to go to sleep, except the parent. <laughs> um, so tell us a little bit about your history, because you're not originally from Mexico, correct? That's right. I grew up in, in the suburbs of Toronto. Um, hmm. And when I was 20 years old, I met uh, a beautiful young lady from Cabo San Lucas. She was an exchange student in Toronto. In Toronto. And um, now I got two Mexican kids and live in Mexico and speak Spanish. I don't know. I used to, I used to have some hair and that's gone too. So it's been an interesting ride. And um, recently, I had the pleasure of preparing something for a, a youth, a group of, of youth in Brazil, um, the leaders, 
kind of like a community center. They reached out to me and asked for um, like an encouragement. And I was able to do that in English because I don't speak Portuguese. And I spoke to them a little bit about um, fulfilling your calling and your destiny in life and your purpose in life. I think um, in particular young people, um, but not only young people, all people wrestle and struggle with the the confusion of what am I supposed to be doing? And really the summary that I've come to in my life is um, instead of focusing on the details, really just focus on submitting yourself to, to God, the creator of the universe and um, seeking that quality time or social intercourse with God and listening from listening to him. Um, and he doesn't speak to you generally here, speaks to you normally at the gut. Um, and then before you know it, you, you look over your shoulder and you realize that you've been walking in that calling, in that destiny, in that purpose already. And you're exactly where you need to be. And, and oftentimes different stops along the way are not comfortable or pleasant, but there's opportunities to gain experience and groom your personality um, and prepare yourself for the next step. So I would have never, ever, ever imagined um, working in a children's home. Um, but when I look back at the stepping stones that got me here, it was a, a really just a beautiful, perfect path. Mm. A lot of heartache oh. path, but it was the right path. Mm. So I really believe that that's the case for anybody when they make um, quality time with God, the priority in their life. Absolutely. You know, exactly. There's so many patients, because I, I work with patients obviously of chronic disease and diabetes. As you walk with them to find their health, it's really fun to see other things unfold as they kind of open up to the experience of life when they're not chronically ill and they take better care of themselves, which I love that you have this holistic approach to the kids that you're providing all the things that they need to grow healthy and to be, you know, adults that go on to live lives to help others as well. That's really awesome, especially the faith driven aspect of it for me is, is amazing. So um, as far as kids, I know I'm, I am curious. I watched one video on your website um, about Jonathan. I also have a Jonathan um, that was the music. He had the guitar and I know that's been about five years. Are you have any, I know you were on that video. So is, how is he doing by the way? Is I know he's going to go to school or something and is he being able to do his music? He's, he's 22 years old. I would suppose now. Wow. I'm not in contact with Jonathan and he, he, he was only with us. I, I mean, I was only here while he was here for, for a few months. So we didn't have uh, a, a, you know, a well-established relationship, but um, no, I haven't heard any feedback from him for a while. And, you know, currently we're operating with a, a transition housing component of our property. So when kids mm. turn 18 years old, teens turn 18 years old, they have the invitation to move into that space, finish their high school, um, find employment, we'll assist them with that. And should they desire uh, enter into university with a scholarship through, through Casolar. Um, so 
I was going to say about Jonathan. He did, so, did he do an interview or something? Kind of had it set up, but it was, he stayed with us a short period of time. Of course, at 18 years old, it's really tough mm. to honor basic rules and expectations from a transition housing yeah. right at a children's home. So we've got a 10 o'clock curfew, which is really, really tough for 18, 19 year olds to, to manage. But uh, oh yeah, previous years, what was happening is um, as kids were aging out, they were connecting with one another and sharing, um, sharing living units, um, often, often also going into uh, similar employment directions as well. So I, I know that was the case with Jonathan for a period of time, but it's been a couple of years since I've heard an update from him. Okay. Yeah, I was just curious because I was just watching it look like he uh, was really um, motivated to do the the music scene and I was just curious there. So as far as so your kids are transitioning, going to school if they, if they desire, helping them get jobs to really move forward. But you're again, a still a very young organization, but you obviously are going to have lots of financial needs now and in the future. So how can people find you and what would be the best thing that we could do to help as an audience? Well, you can find us, the best way to find us is to ask your spouse to take you on a vacation to Cabo San Lucas. <laughs> You're gonna really enjoy it here. And if that's just not feasible, you can look us up online. Our website is www.casahogar, and that's with an H, Casa Hogar. Cabo.com, or you can Google Cabo Orphanage and we'll come up. I think we're the first option that comes up. And there we've got um, a very clear explanation of how you can donate and contribute to the amazing work that we're doing. And we are partnered with an organization that is a 501c3 charity in the United States. It's called Friends of Casa Hogar. Um, they don't have any employees. It's, they don't have any, um, they don't charge any fees. So 100% of the funds that are received by Friends of Casolat are made available to our local operation here um, in Cabo San Lucas. And the individual that runs that organization, you're going to love this, is the lady that first came out here. Oh, wow. And then brought her husband back. So she sits on our board of directors. Her name is Donna. She's an exceptional woman. And um, her, her work with the 501c3 has been a game changer for us because um, you Americans pay a lot of taxes and you value <laughs> your, your, your tax deductible receipts, which is great. Yeah, there's, yeah, the government's really good at putting their hand in our pockets. <laughs> Oh, goodness. So, okay. yes, <laughs> it's true. We have to pay for infrastructure and different things. Right. Um, fantastic. So uh, definitely make a donation. We'll have links uh, to your website and to your Facebook um, page as well. And Jason, I just really want to say one thank you for the work that you're doing for these kids who may or may not show their appreciation on any given day. Um, I but I, I do that, yeah, it's good. Um, but uh, yeah, I just, it's such a, it's a, it's a touches my heart and it's certainly a, a, a thing, something that I've always enjoyed doing as well as, as doing working with kids. So I think it's a fabulous work that you're doing. And so 
thank you for your work. And um, I hope you, this will be beneficial to uh, all the kiddos in the future and the current uh, staff there as well. So thank you. Thank you very much for your time. And in closing, a great opportunity for a date night is to enjoy a glass of wine, go onto our website and watch some of our videos. They're about eight to 10 minutes long. They're amazing. You will laugh, you will cry, and you will have the desire to come visit us here in Cabo San Lucas. It's amazing. This is a beautiful destination. And over and over, I hear the same feedback that the tour and visit to Castle Lad was the best part of their vacation, mm. which is, it speaks uh, uh, an enormous way of uh, the impact of our work. Mm. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And we'll be here. Thank you. And I guess I'm going to have to book a trip to, to Mexico. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Thanks, everyone. So please check out the website and donate if you can. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for watching. And I hope you enjoyed that video. Before you go, though, please hit the subscribe button and the alert button so you will be notified whenever we upload any new videos. On Monday, we upload the Healthy Human Revolution podcast. Now, if you'd rather listen to the podcast, you can find it on all the major platforms such as iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and even Spotify. On Tuesdays, we upload The Doctors In. This is where I answer your questions. Thinking of that, could you please comment below any questions you might have about health or wellness or any topics that you would like me to cover? Now, if you're looking for more resources on how to start a plant-based diet, sustain a plant-based diet, exercise, recipes, anything regarding wellness, we've got you covered. Check out HealthyHumanRevolution.com. And again, thanks for watching.